0: on with this whole politics business. The, the stuff about me big nonsense, the scene was actually closed, it was a, a red notice. When come Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. you remember that one? Russia should go away, should shut up. And um, try that, that's a view. I don't know if you've been to pepper Pig World, who's been to Pads everybody's been to pepper Pig World. December I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets like seriously what the fuck hi it's me Jennifer Wan and this is what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business um well quite a lot as usual um we've got a lot that we've had going on a lot to talk about a lot to gossip about so grab a drink get comfy and let's go so we're gonna start straight in with the by-elections this week oh my god (laughs) oh my god so uh Tiverton and Honiton, If I'm saying these wrong, like I don't know, English places shouldn't have confusing names, but like whatever. So by-election. Um this by-election was happening because the member of Parliament was caught watching porn in his place of work. I feel it's important to remember that. Um so formerly a conservative seat, and this was lost to the Liberal Democrats um the lib dems got 52.9% of the vote uh they were very pleased they did a lib dem stunt uh the lib dems like to do like these uh these little stunts when they win things i guess cuz they don't really win things too often bless them um recent uh offerings have been there was a they they made like a big wall of of like blue bricks and ed The leader of the Liberal Democrats had like a yellow hammer and he was smashing the hammer because subtlety is not a Lib Dem value, I guess. Uh, So this time they had a big blue door and it said it's time to show Boris the door. And there's a bunch of people with Lib Dem signs behind it, and and Ed Davey is living his best fucking life. Um, you know what? I'll let them have that. I'll let them have that because it's it's one less seat that the Conservatives don't have. So if they want to act the fool and do weird stunts, okay, okay, I'm fine with that. Guess who else is being weird? Uh, in the wake of this by-election, it was the Conservative candidate, Helen Hereford. Now, you remember when I talked about her seemingly being embarrassed to be the Tory candidate. Well, it definitely seems like she was, because she... <laughs> she locked herself in a room... So as the result was was coming in, as the votes are being counted, everything seems pretty clear that it's not going to be her night. She locked herself in a room. <laughs> she refused to speak to anybody and she locked herself in a her room. She threw a tantrum, girl. Like, that's what that is. I know tantrums when I see them because they're normally thrown by me. Um... She didn't want to do it. She did not want the attention. She didn't want the moment. She was like, Goodbye. I am going to my Fortress of Solitude. Um, which in this case is a dance studio <laughs> in the building. <laughs> she locked herself away. She didn't want to talk. She didn't want to talk about it. She did not want to see whatever stunt the Liberal Democrats were gonna do. And of course they're gonna do them because she's you know, she knows how the game works. So she I, I think she was embarrassed, a bit humiliated. Good. Um. So what else happened? What else went on? Well, we also had a by-election in Wakefield. Uh, just as a reminder, that seat was up in contention because the previous Conservative MP went to prison for abusing a child. Um, and the Conservatives knew that he had done that before the election where he originally won the seat because the victim went to them and tried to have something done about it and was turned away. So I feel like, again, that's important to note. Um, they lost the seat to the Labour Party who got 47.9% of the vote. Um, so pretty good night for Labour too. Keir Starmer didn't do any stunts uh, because he is, he is not that kind of person. Uh, I know he doesn't like to be called boring, but honey, you are, and that's okay. Um, so I guess the uh the conservative line of, well, you know, ev everything has its own Harold Shipman, and you should learn to trust people again. I guess that didn't work because the public were like, mm, I don't think, I don't think uh we will not be we will not be doing that. So. Two by elections lost uh the Conservative Party coping mechanisms were coming out straight <laughs> away uh There were a lot of people just uh, straight up delusion <laughs> just straight up delusion uh and of course, the most delusional because she always is it's Nadine Doris, the culture secretary. Uh, she was on the Twitter. She said, last night was a reminder that we must be relentless in cracking on with the job of delivering. Um, I, mm, I don't know, girl. Under Boris Johnson, we are massively investing in digital infrastructure, <laughs> where which is accelerating growth and employment in our rapidly expanding tech sectors. Okay, but, like, you know, under Boris Johnson, you know, a child abuser was allowed to run in one of the seats she just lost. So, okay, Nadine. Um, however, history tells us how useless by-election results are as an indication of absolutely anything at all. Oh, well, I'm sure the people that just voted in that by-election are going to be real fucking pleased you said that, darling. Um, Here's, here's the thing, right? A by-election or any kind of election, whatever it is, any time the public votes, that's an opportunity to hear what they're thinking, what they're feeling. If you're going to write things off and say, "Oh, it's useless. It doesn't matter. It's just a, you know, it's just a, an anomaly. It's not important," then you're an idiot because you're not listening to people. The way that you win is by listening to people and trying to make them happy how 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 does she not get this i don't even anyway she continues margaret thatcher would not have won three general elections and would have served for a very short time as prime minister if some of the claims i've heard today were based on a shred of substance yeah but if margaret thatcher had been gotten rid of a lot sooner we'd all be happier trust me she did a lot of fucking damage to a lot of people um This government will remain relentlessly focused and continue to deliver for people during a post-pandemic, mid-war, global cost of living challenge, which no prime minister or government has faced the likes of since World War Eleven. And yeah, I just read that correctly. I did. You're probably thinking, no, come on, that's not a thing. But like, it is a thing in the mad and twisted world of nadine doris because she tweeted this she's (laughs) since the likes of well she put ww like world war and then she's put 11 (laughs) i guess no one told her if you're trying to do the whole like you know roman numerals thing you don't use the numbers you use like capital i's sweetheart like world war 11 when was this we didn't cover this when I was at school. When did this happen? What's been going on? Did I nap for longer than I thought I had? We've we've gone through, like, nine more since the last one? Oh. Is that, is that why the cost of living crisis is happening? Are we doing rationing again? Is that what's going on? But, like... <laughs> there's Nadine. It's Nadine, you know she is how she is you know how she gets uh there was also um she was she was a cover girl this week she was on the cover of the sunday times magazine um she she looked how she looked and um she's winking for some reason i don't really know why that is and the the headline is, I owe him my absolute undying loyalty. Honey, that's an insane thing to say. Like, do you know that? Do you know that that's insane? That's absolute madness. And it's not healthy for, for a member of the cabinet to say that. Because... The loyalty of the cabinet should not be to the prime minister. It should be to the people, you know, because there are going to be times when you have a prime minister that's going to be making a bad choice. I suppose when your prime minister is Boris Johnson, that time is all the time. But you need members of the cabinet that are willing to challenge their leader and willing to um, to put the country's needs before the prime minister's emotional (laughs) sensibilities and if you're running around saying oh you know he has my undying loyalty i would do anything for him oh anything for selena's or whatever like come on you you can't we can't trust you to be the voice of reason we can't trust you to be fucking sensible i'm sorry i'm looking at this magazine right now and it's upsetting me i have to i have to swipe to another screen because I'm, i'm getting upset um but yeah, so <laughs> delusional Doris stays delusional as she always does, as she always fucking does. Um but who saw the writing on the wall? <laughs> it's the uh the chairman of the Conservative Party, Oliver Dowden. Um he was supposed to be uh speaking to the press on behalf of the Conservative Party. Uh but he decided no, I'm going to fucking resign instead. You know, I know I'm supposed to be the guy going around, talking to the press, talking to the media after these by-election losses, but I don't want to do that. I don't really want to do the work today. So I'm going to fucking resign, uh, which is wild. Uh, but I kind, I kind of respect it. Not in the sense that, you know, I, I respect him for standing down because I think if he deserved any respect, he should have done that a long time ago. Um, but I, I just respect the chaotic element of it. Like, <laughs> just, just you know, waking up and, and quite literally choosing chaos. Um, because, you know, how else can you describe that? He literally woke up and was like, nah, man, fuck this. Fuck this. Actually, let me check. What time was this? God, it was 5.35 in the morning. <laughs> it was 5.35 in the morning. He just, he just wakes up after probably having, like, nightmares about Nick Robinson and fucking... Uh, who else is on in the morning? I don't know. I normally only listen to the Today programme, so I don't know. But, like, other morning-related people. And, and he just wakes up and he thinks, Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. it's let me let me get out my fucking laptop let me type a little resignation letter i'm not going in today i've got a tummy ache i've got a note from my mum i'm not going i'm not doing it that is that is beautifully chaotic um so let's have a look at this little resignation letter um dear prime minister it is with great sadness That I must resign as chairman of the Conservative Party, with immediate effect, at five in the morning. (laughs) Uh, Yesterday's parliamentary by-elections are the latest in a run of very poor results for our party. Our supporters are distressed and disappointed by recent events, and I share their feelings. We cannot carry on with business as usual. Somebody must take responsibility, And I have concluded that in these circumstances, it would not be right for me to remain in office. (laughs) (laughs) It has been an honour to serve in your cabinets as party chairman, culture secretary, and minister for the cabinet office. He's had a lot of jobs. In particular, I want to take this opportunity to pay tribute to our excellent conservative volunteers and staffers who work so tirelessly for our cause they are the, oh, they are the backbone of our great party and they deserve better than this. <laughs> oh, God. Uh Finally, I want to em- emphasise that this is a deeply personal decision that I have taken alone. Okay? I will, as always, remain loyal to the Conservative Party. Yours sincerely, Oliver Dowden. Um... It's interesting that there's no, like... There's nothing really complimentary to the Prime Minister in that. It's just very much, like... I love my party and I love our activists. And then Boris is like, yeah, and you love me too, right? And Oliver Dowden's just like... I have woken up with a bit of a rumbly-tumbly. I think I'm going to go get some Weetabix. I'll catch you guys later, okay? I'll, I'll see you in the magazines. And then Boris is like, yeah, but you love me too, right? Hey, hey, where's my hug? What, what the fuck? Very that, very that. Um. So there's a couple of replies to this. James Cleverly, a Conservative MP, as well as a minister at the Foreign Office, Uh, He said, very sorry to see this. Fighting these by-elections during these circumstances beyond your control was always going to be incredibly difficult. All the best. Are those circumstances perhaps that the leader of the Conservative Party is a fucking liability? Is that what you mean, James? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Oh, dear. Um... I just, I mean, you know, as many people have pointed out, there's been a lot wrong with the Conservative Party for a long time. This is the moment he says it's too much. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, So, according to Kay Burley from Sky News, uh, the Prime Minister was not told in advance that this would be happening. Uh, The Prime Minister at the time, he was on a trip to Rwanda, Um and he he was gone while the by election was actually happening as well and apparently boris johnson was doing laps in a pool in rwanda when he got a phone call saying that oliver dowden was resigning <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's hilarious um that's that's great That's absolutely great. Like, imagine Boris just swimming and just chilling in the water. And then someone's like, "Um, phone for you, Prime Minister. And he's like, oh, cool, okay. And he goes and he answers the phone. It's just Oliver Dowden. He's like, hey, Boris, um, I'm going to resign. And then Boris's like, "Um, what the fuck? Why? And he's like, did did you see the by-elections and the... And all the things that are happening, and I, I I'm, I'm just, a, I'm a little, uncomfy and worried about the future of my own job as an MP. Because I mean, if I'm seen to keep defending this, then, uh you know, same shit might happen to me. I don't want to lose my seat. And Boris like, whoa, 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 come on, man. You know, come on. You know, I'm good for it. I come on, man. Just give me another chance. Don't be like that. And Oliver Dowden is just trying desperately to get him off the phone. Like, look, man, I just got to go tweet this and look like I'm a good person. Can you please just give me... Can Can you let me go? Can you Can you do that? Oh, that's great. I, I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boris Johnson hasn't resigned, of course. Um, because he literally only cares about himself. Um, so that was kind of what was always going to happen. Um... Uh, <laughs> So Boris Johnson claims that he will listen to voters, but will also not be standing down and will stay as leader and keep going. So that's not really listening to the voters, is it? If you've just lost two seats after throwing quite a lot at those by-elections, I wouldn't really say you're listening. But okay. Uh, but the choice may not be left to Boris Johnson. Uh, the Conservative Party is apparently very unhappy with how things are going. Um, I don't blame them. I don't. Uh, so there are rumours, um, according to the Sunday Times, that up to six Conservative MPs are ready to defect. They've had a fucking enough. They want to be out, they, they want to fucking go, eyeing up, maybe moving to the Labour Party, maybe the Liberal Democrats. I'd say that's probably in an attempt to keep their seats. They move to a different party and hope that that it all works out, that they, they've got enough time before the next election to rebrand themselves. Um of course this this is not the um the the first time that this has happened um the <laughs> uh the defection of Christian Wakeford uh to the Labour Party happened uh a little while back uh he just he crossed the floor he was like goodbye Boris I'm out bitch And he has been rebranding himself over the last few months. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that he's a fake bitch. Because I get it. People can change their minds. However... It it does seem that he's done a complete 180 in everything he believes. (laughs) And he's been very careful to be incredibly loud about these changes of views. Um, And so in the minds of his constituents, it could, you know, it could be it could be, you know, seen that he's kind of changing and becoming different and becoming something maybe that's going to be more appealing to them at the next general election um, after they have gone through several more months of horror under the conservatives. So. I would imagine if other Conservative MPs are going to want to do that, they're going to want to get that in now because then they've got time for a similar rebrand. So if this is going to happen, I'd say it's probably going to happen in the next few weeks Um, because otherwise there's no point. If you do it too close to an election, no one's going to believe you. They're just going to think you're out for yourself. But if you do it now, you've got time to rebrand. Smart. Um, So there are some Conservatives saying as well, that they would like to look again at the idea of a vote of no confidence. There have been some rumblings about the 1922 committee within the Conservative Party wanting to change the rules of no confidence votes so that they can have another one because, well... <laughs> they just really don't want him. <laughs> they just really don't fucking want him. Um, so, you know, they, they are rerunning a vote that they lost because they didn't like how it turned out. Now I'm not going to complain too much because obviously like it benefits me Um, if they do. <laughs> I just I just think it's funny that, you know, people weren't allowed to do that for Brexit, for example. And people are being told they're not allowed to do that for Scottish independence for example but when it comes to getting rid of someone that's inconvenient to the Conservatives then suddenly it's like you know what just vote early vote often, vote all the time until you get a result that works for you and I think that's interesting (laughs) interesting very very cute so so a little something else, uh maybe something to watch out for um in the coming weeks and months. Steve Baker from the Conservative Party, um and also somebody who is quite influential within the Conservative Party, has posted uh that he is relaunching Conservative Way Forward. Now what is that? Well, let's find out. Let's have a little look at their website. Uh, Their website's a bit bare and they're also asking for my email address and they're not going to fucking have it. Um, But there is a link to a statement from the chairman, which is Steve Baker. Um, Let's have a look. I will be relaunching Conservative Way Forward to redefine the territory on which the Conservative Party operates. Read more. Okay. Okay, there's a Telegraph article. Oh, for goodness sake. No, you're not having my email either. Or my credit card. Oh my God. Okay, so. Okay, let's have a look and see what we can see here. Uh, Boris Johnson's overreaction to Omicron variant is squandering the goodwill and trust of voters. This is from 2021, babe. Um, Either they've put in the wrong link or he feels like that's enough. Okay. Well. Okay, so they're having a launch event on the eleventh of July. Um, I guess we'll see what's happening with that. Um cute. Cute. Okay. But there's a lot of Conservatives that seem to be incredibly unhappy with what the fuck is going on in their party. Uh, There's also more than 30 MPs that have apparently submitted new letters to the 1922 committee demanding another confidence vote. So... Oh Boris what are you going to do what are you going to do resign bitch uh no i doubt he will i don't think he has the self awareness to uh he was asked in an interview this week um if if he believed that he he would change or he should change um as a result of everything that's going on and he said no so that i feel tells you all you need to know about boris johnson he just thinks everything he does is perfect and everything is fine because he's a fucking moron and he's entitled and he's ridiculous and unfortunately he's very powerful so that's great and we love that for us we don't love it at all oh my god So I want to talk about something, but before I do, I, I just wanted to address, because um, I, I, I know that the show has, um, af- after the UK, the, the second like most listeners comes from the United States of America, which is really cool, actually, because I, I think your, comp- your, your company, your country, <laughs> I can't speak English, I think your country is really cool, um, I just, oh my god, This weekend, I saw Elvis. Like, not in person, obviously. But I saw the movie. And, um... It was... Oh, God. It was emotional. Uh, Because I'm... I'm a a low-key... I'm a little bit of an Elvis stan. But, oh, my God. That movie. It was so good. It was so good. And I was... I was like, oh, my God. I was... I almost cried. But I managed to hold myself back. Because I was on a date. And I didn't want to (laughs) cry. And look weird in front of her. But, like... Anyway. Um... And I just kind of I, I was I was all like, Oh, I wanna go to America. I wanna go to Vegas. Yes, that's what I wanna do. Um, anyway, so Elvis aside but I'm aware that I I do you know after the UK my biggest number of listeners comes from the US uh, so firstly thank you um but also a lot of those are are women um in in most countries actually my my biggest demographic is women um so again I really appreciate that thanks girlies um oh do do you want to hear my American accent okay let let me try it let me try it um hi you're listening to what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business, and fuck the Supreme Court. Was that good? I don't know. <laughs> I'm really annoyed because that's like the only one I can do. You'd think everyone always says to me, "Oh, can you do a Scottish accent?" Because I have loads of friends that are Scottish, and also like I've been like in relationships with Scottish people like twice, like for for a long time. And I was like, "Oh, can you do it? Did it did it like rub off on you?" And I'm like, "No." apparently not i i can 't i 've tried it just doesn 't work um i can I can do like a Spanish one, but only when i 'm like speaking spanish like i can 't do it from speaking english um anymore anyway uh but anyway um so i I was going somewhere with this wasn 't i yes america America beautiful America land of the brave and free, unless you have a uterus apparently um so the decision to overturn roe v wade which removed uh the right to um abortion and you know which is of course a key uh part of women's health care you know there are some people and they'll say it's it's not but those people are scientifically illiterate um so you know i just i feel like because i am i'm am going to talk about something related to uk politics like, like there is a point to what i'm saying here just so you know <laughs> um but when i when i when i had the notif- notification come through about it cuz i i did read something a few weeks ago about like a leak and so you know i think i think there were there were going to be quite a lot of people that did in a sense see this coming but it's it's one of those things where you just think oh my god no they're not going to no no and then they do and you're like oh okay wow the world really fucking despises women, don't they? And for what, you know? Um, and I think it's it's extra harrowing because this is a decision that's primarily been made by men and it is also been made by a panel of men that includes two uh, men who are facing allegations of sexual assault. So... These are the people that get to make decisions about the lives of millions of women and the bodies of millions of women. And it just, in my mind, it really solidifies the fact that there needs to be so much care put into who gets to be in a position of power. You need people that that are suitable, because there's a lot of unsuitable people in politics not just here in the UK, but around the world. Um, so to to those women in the US, unfortunately, all I can really offer is is love and solidarity. But you have it always. Um, I'm also gonna pop a link in the description, uh for um a website that I I found where you can donate to. Uh, bail funds across not bail funds ah well i guess it's like you know bail from not being able to make decisions about your own body perhaps in a really weird metaphysical sense anyway the point is i meant to say abortion and i said bail for some reason uh <laughs> uh to uh abortion funds across the us um so i will i'll put that in the in the description below Uh, If any of you also want to join me in in doing that. Um, But why am I talking about this? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. The fucking 2019 intake have been fucking at it again. These fucking bitches. Um, I'm mad as fuck. Scott Benton, who is the Conservative Member of Parliament for Blackpool South. That beautiful town deserves so much better than him. Oh, my God. Um, So he, on Twitter... Hmm. he decided to retweet a post uh from the GOP celebrating abortion rights being removed so it's a little graphic and it says life wins um so he's posted that on his twitter he swiftly uh unretweeted it because journalists noticed that he'd done it um and I guess he he just he didn't want to have to defend himself, but it's too fucking late, bitch. Because screenshots are for fucking ever. Um. God, what a disgusting, disgusting man. Um, this to me is is just so typical of. Some men who think that they get any say in women's bodies... And they, they really believe that. They really believe that that they have a right to make these decisions... And then to, to celebrate these things. And to say, oh, it's so great. It's so great that women are having this right to healthcare taken away from them. Isn't this so fucking great? no. No, it fucking isn't. This this is something that is going to cause the deaths of women and girls. Right? Straight up. That's going to happen. This is something that just... It is such a massive step back for society in general. And this dumb fuck is celebrating this, get fucked, you stupid bastard, absolutely not, um, he's not the only one, of course, in the, uh, in the Conservative Party, um, who is anti, um, women's healthcare, I'm gonna call it that, I'm gonna say that, because I think sometimes when you, when you label it, um, in a different way, it allows these kinds of men to act as if it's not a healthcare decision, which it is. It, it is. Um, you know, I've I've talked about this briefly before. I think on this show, um, if not, I have on my other one. But you know, I have I have nothing to hide. When I was a kid, um, I was I was against abortion, frankly, because I didn't fucking know any better because I was a kid. And I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. Um, but having done research and learned as an adult, I realised that I was wrong. Um and and I just I just did that off my own back and I just I became a better person and I learned. And you know, but this is something that people that apparently who have huge parts in deciding things about our lives, they can't be bothered to do. They don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> they don't fucking want to be better. They don't want to actually learn about how the world works and how science works. But Jacob rees is also anti-women's health care. Um, I did talk a, a couple of uh, weeks ago about him and his bullshit opinions on the subject, um as as well as gay marriage and things like that. Jacob rees can go fuck himself. Um so Scott Benton has decided that you know his opinion on women's healthcare is a important and b um that that he should get to celebrate women having their rights taken away from them. Um no no, you stupid fucking bastard, uh and he was not alone either a conservative peer daniel moylan uh he he posted as well about this, he said, a great victory for u s democracy uh in regards to the uh reversal of rights on women's health care, so this guy thinks that women having healthcare taken away from them is a great victory for US democracy. No, bitch. Um... Wow. <laughs> the audacity of, of these fucking bitches. Um... Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Um... I just want to go through real quick a couple of things. Because there's been some some dudes and they've got some bullshit answers to this. And so I just want to, you know, just a little frequently answer question thing. Um, you know. Because I feel like we need to we just have these answers, throw them out real quick. And just be like, no, you're not getting anything out. Shut up. We are not dealing with men and their answers today. Um, why can't women just use birth control? Uh, firstly, birth control in a lot of cases, has horrific side effects on women's bodies. Pretty much all methods of birth control will have this, with the exception of condoms, by the way, which a lot of men refuse to wear, so that's interesting. Um, you know, there are also some women, and they can't take birth control because they, you know, they have allergies and things like that to the different, you know, methods. You know, that's that's a thing. I've I've seen it quite a lot in, in people that I know. Um, there's also the fact that, you know, some women... That they're just they're not gonna be expecting to need birth control, so if a woman is raped, what does she do then? Hmm. what then I mean, I know that's an extreme example, but still, for example, I'm not currently on birth control i have I have no real need to be because you know i'm not I'm not having any kind of sex that's going to get me pregnant so i I'm not using birth control. What happens if What happens if I get raped and I need to have an abortion? Now, luckily for me, I live in England. That's available to me. If I was in the United States of America, that wouldn't be the case. How can anyone look at that and say that it's right? How? How the fuck? It's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It's revolting hatred of women, frankly. Um you know let's let's look at other options oh well you know you could you could give the baby up for adoption do you realize how hard it is on a woman's body to carry a baby to term even if it's a baby that that you really want and you're really excited about it it's still going to be really hard being pregnant is not easy it's it's incredibly strenuous on your body there are horrific effects on your body throughout the entire time that you're pregnant and on top of that Women can die in childbirth. They can literally die. There are also, you know, aspects of pregnancy that can kill women too. You know, like, what if women just don't want the risk of death? Or what if they just don't want to have to fucking sideline nine months of their lives for a baby that they don't want? Did you think about that, and also, on top of that how 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 many kids do you think that there are waiting for adoption right now there's There's not really a a shortage. there are a lot of kids that are looking for homes we you know it's not like there's a a shortage that we need to add to, and even if there were, it's not women's responsibility to top those numbers up um So next, next nonsense response. Um, Oh, well, you know, if you, if you didn't, if you didn't want to be pregnant, you shouldn't have had sex. Fuck off. Don't talk to me about responsibility. Firstly, this is mainly covered by the first one, the whole, oh, women could use birth control. But like, it takes two to get pregnant, bitch. How come no one is throwing this shit at the one with the sperm? Huh? Interesting. Is it maybe because the world hates women? I think maybe it is. Uh, so anyway, fuck Scott Benton and the fucking horse he rode in on. Um, Just fuck that bitch entirely, forever. Uh, speaking of other bitches that we hate, let's talk a little bit more about Boris Johnson. <laughs> so, um... Now I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be mean but I'm going to be mean. <laughs> Boris Johnson uh was admitted to hospital this week for routine surgery. Sorry to hear that Boris Johnson, Prime Minister. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um however. So apparently he he had a a routine operation on his sinuses. Um Okay. Glad you're feeling better. However, he then was on a plane the next day, and there've been a number of doctors that have come forward on social media and said, "Ah, if he actually had that operation, no way would he be flying that soon." So, there's a little bit of speculation about maybe whether the operation was something different. Um, we don't really we don't really know. I'm just I'm just wondering, that's all. I'm, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, like, a Boris's sinuses truther or anything. I'm just, I just have questions. I just, I just have questions. Is he going to ask those questions? Of course he's not. Of course he's not. Uh But I'm, I'm just wondering. Um... Boris Johnson did seem pretty pleased to be out of the country because he could leave behind all the by-election stuff. However, uh some of the difficulties for Boris Johnson were still continuing while he was out of the country. Um so it was confirmed that the uh <laughs> the the difficult story about Carrie Johnson from last week. It was it was confirmed by number 10 that they did pressure the Times to drop the story. Um So there we are, confirmed, confirmed. It was also basically confirmed by Michael Fabricant, by the way, Conservative MP for Litchfield, who tweeted, Boris inquired whether a highly qualified person, his wife Carrie, could be the chief of staff at the (laughs) foreign office, as she had held similar posts elsewhere. He was told no, so she wasn't appointed. Uh, That's it. I mean, that's actually not it, because I mean, firstly, she wasn't his wife at the time, if you know what I mean. um Somebody else was, uh, but they were still having relations, but that's a whole other thing. Um, she also hadn't had previous experience somewhere else. She had been, you know, head of comms and shit. She hadn't been a chief of staff, and she had no real foreign affairs experience. But Michael Fabricant is dumb, so I can understand that he didn't know this. Um he was told no so she wasn't appointed yeah but he shouldn't have asked in the first place that's the reason for the story darling um so Microfabricum confirms it basically happened thank you um <laughs> but then there was another story <laughs> this one was um an exclusive to the telegraph and it turned out that the foreign office was not the only place that people were trying to get jobs for Carrie. It turns out Carrie Johnson has not heard of like LinkedIn or Indeed.com or anything. Um, she is pretty much fucking insisting that people have to just go out and find her high profile jobs. It's wild. So this apparently happened um, after Boris's divorce. He's engaged to Carrie at this point. And uh, <laughs> senior civil servant Simon Case, that's a mouthful and I managed to say it all at once, good for me. Uh, he attempted to get a job for Carrie at Prince William's charity, um, which is called Earshot, oh, Earthshot. Oh God, I told you I can't read. Um. So Prince William... I'm sure you know who Prince William is, but just in case you don't, he's, like, the older, balder brother of the two younger princes. So he's, like, Prince Charles's son. Um, He's married to Kate Middleton. They have a charity or something because they have to maintain the illusion that they are worthy of all of the money we spend on them. So, um... (laughs) Yeah, jubilees over on being nice to the queen no more. Ah, uh, <laughs> so Simon Case tried to get a job for for Carrie, soon to be Johnson, at this charity Earthshot. I don't actually, I actually know what this charity does. What do they do? Let's have a look. Because from the sounds of it, I think it's like climate changey stuff or whatever. And you know, Carrie would kind of be qualified for that. So fair enough, but still, it's a bit strange uh yes, yes, um a decade of action to repair our planet, okay, okay, so this is like climate change, it's conservation, okay, um, fair enough, at the very least, Carrie would actually be qualified for this because she has worked in in conservation before, so depending on what kind of job it was she might actually be qualified for this fine. However, it was decided it would be inappropriate for the Prime Minister's fiancé to work closely with the royals. So, the question probably shouldn't have been asked, but it was. Um Why is it Carrie can't just, like, do a CV and pass it out? What's going on with that, girl? I just kind of want to know why, for example, civil servants... Are out here trying to find the prime minister's girlfriend a job. I just I want to clarify something for for the listeners outside of the UK. Um, just just so everyone knows, first lady is not a recognised title here in the UK. That's not a thing. I know that it is in you know some countries. For example, in the US, you have a first lady, and she has like a first lady's office, and she has her own little project she does and whatever and that that's that's lovely that's nice uh but that's not a thing here uh in the UK um prime ministers may have wives they may have husbands but those wives and husbands do not have an official role right so really government resources such as the fucking civil service should not be used to do things like finding them jobs and stuff like that it's completely inappropriate um if carrie wants a job she should brush up her cv and go and get one on her own she's a grown woman she shouldn't be using the civil service to try and get herself a job it's wildly inappropriate but that's just kind of how things are these days you know (laughs) it's just complete wild inappropriateness (laughs) and it goes on (laughs) it goes on (laughs) i just I, I, I'm I in such a state of despair over this government. I just have no choice but to laugh because otherwise I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Um, so Boris Johnson was planning a treehouse that would have cost £150,000 to be built at Chequers, which is one of the Prime Minister's residences, for his son Wilf well i mean look it's nice that boris johnson's decided he actually wants to do something for one of his kids but firstly who's paying for this one hundred fifty thousand pounds treehouse that's like the price of an actual house and you want to spend that on a treehouse for your kid um during a cost of living crisis and this economy boris what the fuck Secondly, um how long does he think he's gonna be Prime Minister? <laughs> how long does he think he's gonna have use of checkers? Because Chequers is like a it's like a big house and some land and shit where the Prime Minister can go, it's like a little country retreat. Frankly, I think shit like that is dumb. You know, I, 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 if it were up to me, I would like turn it into like a museum or you know something nice for the public and not make it somewhere where the prime minister can go and just like hide from their fucking problems which is pretty much exclusively what boris johnson uses it for by the way um just make it something nice for the public because we've suffered enough (laughs) um but anyway it is you know mainly in use by the prime minister you know and but they they only really get used to it when their prime minister and Boris Johnson's like, oh well, you know, I'm I'm just feeling like we're on a rent to own situation here, so I'm just gonna put up a treehouse. Uh, okay, Boris, how much does that cost? hundred and fifty grand. Okay, Boris, where are you gonna get the money from? I don't know. My money just kind of like appears where I am. Like, what do you mean? Where am I getting the money? It just sort of happens for me. I don't know. Why don't you worry about that? Like, this man, he just thinks the whole world is available to him at all times, no matter what the fuck he wants to do with it. It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. I... This bitch. The audacity, the fucking entitlement. I don't even know what to say. I don't know. I just don't know. I mean... (laughs) I mean... The fucking state of it, you know what I mean? The absolute fucking state of it from Boris fucking Johnson: a hundred and fifty thousand pounds on a treehouse for one child. For what? Because I know Boris had—they've got a little baby, and the baby's probably not big enough to enjoy a treehouse. Let's be real. So it's just for one kid. You know what? Tell Wilf about the power of just like making up games in your imagination. He does not need a massive treehouse. Okay, that's absurd. So apparently, the reason that this wasn't done wasn't because of <laughs> stuff like uh yeah, prime minister, you you cannot be spending that amount of money on a treehouse for a child. That's insane. No, it wasn't that. Uh, so apparently, he decided against it <laughs> because he was told it was a security risk because the treehouse was going to be uh in a place where it could be seen uh from a road and so it was a security risk uh but the design also included bulletproof glass now i could look i can understand obviously the prime minister's son you have to you have to protect them and frankly i'm i'm very much in favor of making sure no kids are hurt ever if possible um but you know what, Boris, this is the benefit of teaching your child about indoor games that rely on your imagination. You don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about bullets for that. I'm just saying. Um... <laughs> or oh, Christ, get get the lad an Xbox or something. I mean, 150 grand. Come on. I mean, Christ, that's like. Jesus. 150 grand or a tree house. That is literally the price of like some houses in in the UK. And he was just like, fuck it, just tree house, tree house. That'll that'll do. The one time he decides to actually try and be like a good father and he just goes absolutely wild with it. (laughs) 150 grand for a treehouse. Oh my god. Let's talk a little bit more about Nadine Doris. Let's take another trip back into the twisted and wild world as the culture secretary, Nadine Doris. So it was reported in Pop Bitch, uh, which is a great publication that I love and have been reading for many years because they've always got the tea. Uh, in Pop Bitch, they were talking about Nadine Doris. Um, here's what they said. Uh, government ministers have been out in force this week complaining about striking rail staff and all the disruption they're causing other people it's funny because a few weeks ago they didn't all seem quite so bothered about such things, when Nadine Doris took a trip down to Cornwall earlier this month she was on a train that fell behind schedule far enough that she was looking at missing a connection, she asked staff on board if they could call ahead to the connecting station to get them to hold the train back for her and was told no, that wouldn't be possible, so she took matters into her own hands by texting the transport secretary Grant Shapps to see if there was anything he could do to get her train held back instead what is wrong with her what is wrong with these people in general but oh my god what the actual fuck this bitch oh my god (laughs) oh my god not her being like please, I don't want to miss my train. Come on, be a pal come on, man, really, really go, really go <laughs> okay, oh my God, the entitlement, the ridiculousness of this woman um okay, so do you want the the good news or the bad news first? okay, I'll do the bad news, and then we'll do the good news, okay, So bad news, polio is back um. Yeah. Uh, So apparently polio has been found in the UK for the first time since 1984. Um, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, So if you, if you or anybody that you know is not up to date with their polio vaccine course, You should make an appointment with your GP as soon as possible. It is being said that the risk to the wider population is low, but you can never be too careful. Uh, Let's not bring polio back in a big way, okay? We've we've seen polio off, let's keep it that way. Um, Apparently, it's been found in London's sewer system. Um, What the fuck? i don't like this (laughs) i don't like this at all um as far as i know i'm i'm all up to date i've had all my vaccines um but if if you if you need to catch up make sure you do um because we we don't want polio we don't we don't we don't um now for some good news something a bit wholesome uh, Mark Drakeford, the First Minister of Wales, put up the most wholesome tweet. It was so adorable. I was like, oh, my God, you're going to make me stan. Fuck's sake. Um, so he put up a tweet and he said, I was honoured to receive this fantastic crochet dragon made by an incredibly talented lady from Ukraine who has come to our country seeking safety. It is a great symbol of the strong friendship between our countries. And then he's put a little picture of him. And... and oh my god. It's this little crocheted dragon. And it's so cute. And, oh my god. This dragon is wearing a hat and a scarf. And is holding flags. Oh my god. It's just the most wholesome thing. Oh my god. Oh my god. So adorable. Um... I just wanted to talk about it because it was so cute and and it really cheered me up because like there's been a lot of negative fucked up news at some parts of the week and honestly just thinking about that tweet got me through and I was just like, Mark little dragon. Yes, love that for him. Absolutely love that for him. Um... And now I've got to go back to something a bit fucked up, actually. Sorry. Um, So, uh, (laughs) Nick Fletcher, who is the Member of Parliament for Don Valley. um, God, he has been campaigning. This is the same Nick Fletcher, Conservative MP, by the way, um, that famously through a tantrum because a woman was playing Doctor Who and he said that a woman playing Doctor Who was pushing young men towards crime. So I, I don't know that this man's opinion on things is really that worthwhile, but still. um, So he has written... Uh, a letter to all of the schools in his constituency of Don Valley um, to state that he believes boys are boys and girls are girls and children who believe they are transgender are going through nothing more than a phase, according to Nick Fletcher, in a letter that he sort of threw at schools. Um, he said, books which make this ideology acceptable to embrace and such media in all its forms that glamorise this transgender lifestyle are, I'm afraid, affirming something that is nothing more than a phase. Okay. Um, he he then said... Um, I understand schools sometimes feel as though they have to be all things to all people and are afraid of being classed as transphobic, but please be assured that a pushback on this is desperately needed. I'll stand up for you at all times. Do you know what, Nick? I think they'd rather that you stand up for them when they say we need more funding for schools. I I think maybe that that would be a a moment when they'd like you to stand up for them, actually, rather than this completely unprompted, weird communication. Um, I think they'd quite like you to stand up for them when they say, oh, teachers need better wages and we need more money allocated to schools so that we can make sure that kids have all the resources they need to learn. Um, I feel like that would probably be a, a better place for you to stand up for teachers and schools rather than whatever the fuck this is um this very much reminds me um of the the kind of idea that that was present and was kind of at the center of of previous legislation that attempted to you know restrict the teaching of lgbt issues in schools, this idea that kids can be influenced into being um, LGBT, which I don't really buy into. um, Because, you know, (laughs) as someone who, you know, if if that were true, I I should be straight, but I'm not. Um, You know, and... I just, I I think these are are intrinsic things. And you either are or you aren't. You know what I mean? You're either gay or you're not. You're either bisexual or you're not. You're trans or you're not, whatever. You know, it's not something that that you can be taught or influenced into. And I feel like this is a guy that doesn't really know all that much about it. He just decided to, you know, write a letter and get angry. Uh, In the same way that he doesn't seem to know that much about you know, male mental health, but he just goes on long tangents and starts screaming about how female Doctor Who and shit like that is is driving men to crime, which is is not true and is actually quite insulting to men, actually. Um, You know, and just just whinging and complaining for the sake of it and to get publicity, um, but not actually doing anything of value for the people of his constituency. And in this case, for the schools of his constituency, you know writing this letter to them has that helped them with the funding problems they've got has that helped them buy new textbooks has it helped has it helped them to up the lunch budget or you know buy some new paint or you know or new sports equipment or anything like that has any of that happened no it's just like someone in the office has had to read your weird little letter and, and probably inform the head teacher, who's just gone like, well, great, but we need money. <laughs> so you haven't actually done anything of value. You haven't actually helped anyone. You've just whinged at overworked teachers, frankly, about something that I don't think they were <laughs> that they were really hoping to hear from you about. So great job, Nick. You've done a really great job. You should be proud of yourself. Twat. Um. Someone who's not a twat, yeah. Uh, Lorna Slater, uh, from the Scottish Greens, Uh she has this week expressed her confidence that support for Scottish independence could be driven well over fifty percent once a second referendum campaign begins. I, I think she could be onto something. I think there is a lot of excitement about this, um, but also the the wave of kind of panicked uh stories from um from pro pro union publications um I would say it indicates that perhaps they are concerned about that being a possibility um because I don't think they would be rushing to to this much panic straight away um if if they didn't think that it was possible um for support for Scottish independence to rise during the campaign, so I would say she's probably onto something i think so um i am patiently waiting quite interested quite excited uh to see what's going on what's going to happen uh in the coming weeks uh it's exciting times exciting exciting times So the rail strikes went ahead because the UK government fucking suck. Um, Everybody is talking about Mick Lynch. Who is Mick Lynch? He's the Secretary General of the uh, Rail, Maritime and Transport Workers Union. Um, And everybody's talking about him because he's been doing interviews. He's been on TV. He's been on the radio. And everyone is shocked. Shocked apparently uh because he makes a lot of sense um okay <laughs> i think for for some people they kind of see him as a breath of fresh air because what we're used to is just kind of this overly rehearsed you know PR perfected nonsense non-answer bullshit you know, and so then when you have someone who just comes on and just, like, says, like, the truth, it's like, oh. Oh, so, so, so you're not here to play the game. You're just here to, to talk and say what's going on. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, I think there are some people who... um. Who because of the fact that he's he's representing a trade union because you know he's he's working in in the transport sector and they've got all these ideas about him in their head. they've decided that he was gonna be really inarticulate and so they're like pleasantly surprised that he can he can talk articulately uh I think there's some of that going on um I think there's some people that are very fucking angry about him because. <laughs> Because, you know, he's, he's not willing to fuck around and, and, and follow uh, what they want him to do. Um, he, he doesn't seem bothered. He's not asked. He just wants to get a good result for the staff. Um, he's even said himself, uh, I don't want to be an icon. Fair enough, mate. Uh, he, <laughs> he told Grant Shapps, the transport secretary, to get on with his job. <laughs> I feel like me and this guy we would get on we would absolutely get on um fair enough uh he was also on question time uh this week uh my sympathies with him for that because question time is a fucking mess um but you know he I didn't I didn't watch the whole thing because I have self respect And I will not put myself through an entire episode of Question Time. Unless, of course, Brian Cox is on. In which case, all bets are off. And I might do it, but I'll probably be drunk. Um, (laughs) If you want to hear what that sounds like, just go back some episodes and it's there. Anyway, um, but what I did see of him... Again, he was, you know... He knows what he's talking about. and, And that's because it's his job he knows what he's talking about when he talks about rail strikes and, and why they're happening. And he talks about what it's like working on the railways and stuff because it's his fucking job. He knows his shit. There was a guy in the audience on Question Time who was like, oh, people need to modernise. And Fiona Bruce, who hosts Question Time, um, she was like, oh, well, you know, it's a bit ridiculous that, you know, maintenance staff from, like, one big station can't go to another big station. And Mick Lynch was like, well... They can't because they run on different infrastructures. So, you know, if somebody's trained in one, they can't just go over and and do the other one because it doesn't transfer because they're two different systems. Now, this made sense to me, someone that has no experience working on the railways and isn't even, I mean, would it be science railway work? I don't know. I would assume so, right? Like it's science physics maybe i don't know whatever discipline that is i know nothing about it right but even me someone with no background knowledge no background experience can understand it when he says it because he's explaining what the problem is i think i think that's that's what that's what makes him effective is just that he knows what he's fucking talking about and he's willing to take the time to explain it to people if they are asking him in good faith. Um, and I, I, I respect that. Like, sometimes you just can't be bothered because people are asking you just to be a dick. But he seems like the kind of guy who's willing to just sit there and explain it to people and say, look, this is this, this is that, this is why this is happening. You know, he's patient with people, more patient than some people deserve, frankly. Um, but he, you know, he explained it when when the the issue was raised and me as someone with no understanding of this could understand it very quickly because he explained it properly you know one set of engineers can't go over to another station to work on another station's stuff because they're different the infrastructure is different the systems are going to be different so they would need to have training first before they can do that and it's not fair to ask staff to go and work on unfamiliar equipment because that leaves them open to a lot of risk. And so you would expect a union to defend the staff on that, which he's doing. Fiona Bruce was playing dumb about that, which is ridiculous, because it's like, girl come on you're a journalist with a lot of experience you're not you're you're not a stupid girl don't do all this and then some guy in the audience starts yelling about oh you've got to modernize i own a business study people work for me okay bitch but what does that have to do with maintaining the fucking railways are you did you just want to brag about owning a business is that what this uh, shut up Shut up. Anyway, there was a whole bunch of foolishness. There was some lady who was talking about, oh, you got to modernise because the dinosaurs didn't. And look what happened there. What? What? <laughs> Sometimes Question Time's audience makeup looks a bit suspicious. It definitely did this week. Like, it was very, <laughs> very suspicious. Um, Very, very suspicious. Um... He was interviewed by Kay Burley as well this week. Um, She was interviewing him. uh, He was on a picket line and she was like an empty train station or something. And so she asked him, right. What will you do if if staff try to go through the picket line to go to work? And he answered the question. He said, well, we would ask them not to. And so then she asked it again. Right, because this this video went viral, and I just wanted to go through this because it was some dumb fuck shit. So she asks him the question again, and he's like, "Well, I just told you we'd ask them not to." Now at this point, she asks him again, and it becomes very very clear that she is trying to either push him to say that they would physically try and stop people or she's trying to imply it because she keeps saying oh but what else would you do oh well you know what else could happen if if this if this happened and and he he just keeps repeating himself and he keeps saying well like i said we would ask them not to we would you know we'd be nice and polite and we'd just explain to them what our reasons are for asking but we'd ask them not to which is which is what was happening which is what was happening i you know i i walked past quite a few different you know train stations that had picket lines outside of them um you know and and there was there was no violence there was no intimidation there, there was this this one like guy who worked for some right-wing rag who put up this tweet and was like oh these picket lines aren't very good i walked past to go on get on a train and they didn't call me a scab or anything and they didn't intimidate me and i was like what did you expect bitch <laughs> i feel like there are some people and they want to paint these strikers as like these kind of Terrifying feral animals that are just going to sort of attack members of the public and attack workers who cross the picket line or agency workers or whatever, and that's not what's going to happen. And you could see Kay Burley was very, very deliberately trying to push and bait Mick Lynch into saying something that would incriminate him, and he was just, he was just stood there like, why, why are you doing this nonsense? Why are you asking? Me? I mean. He didn't exactly say that. I'm paraphrasing. He was very polite to her. But he was asking her, why why are, you, why are you pushing this? Why are you asking for this? What are you asking for me to say? What are you looking for me to say? And she was getting frustrated because he wouldn't play. He didn't want to play. He was like, I don't want to play games, darling. I just want to talk about what I'm here to talk about. And if you don't like the answers, I'm sorry, sweetheart. But that's just, that's how it is. And... I kind of had to stand a little bit. Good for him. Um, <laughs> so the government, um, absolutely desperate. Uh, certain parts of the media, absolutely desperate to discredit the the strikers, but particularly Mick Lynch. I think because they could see how popular he was becoming. Because uh, there are a lot of members of the public that. You know, we're sort of seeing him for the first time, you know, when he was doing these interviews and stuff. And they were thinking, oh, wow, he's pretty cool. Um, and, and everyone was panicking. Uh, nobody more than Piers Morgan. Um, although I have to say, I still do think that this was a bit of a stunt to try and get more viewers onto his dying show. Because it's not a secret at this point that Piers Morgan's new TV show on Talk TV, as well as the channel in general, Talk TV as a channel is not doing well. Like, it's kind of dying on its ass a little bit. And so then Piers Morgan creates this moment that everyone suddenly talks about, and he's got more attention on his trash little show than he had... than he's had for weeks. I think the last time people were talking about Piers Morgan's nonsense TV show was when he brought on a guy from the Taliban and interviewed him. Um, and that was... That was ages ago. So... <laughs> Um so Piers Morgan interviewed uh Mick Lynch from uh the RMT union and he spent a very long time asking Mick Lynch about his Facebook profile picture. So <laughs> <laughs> this shit is so dumb. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, So, Mick Lynch has a Facebook account, right? Which is fine. It's fine. You can have Facebook. It's not a problem. And he... Used... <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just... This is just... It's the dumbest shit, man. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> I I I just this was high cringe content and I just I don't I don't really know Piers Morgan is really proud of this as well. Like he is really um he's really really proud of himself for this scoop. About Mick Lynch on Facebook. So on his Facebook profile, he has used a picture of the hood from Thunderbirds, which was a TV show in the sixties. Um, it had marionettes and and it's about you know these awesome little puppets and they've got rockets and things and it's very cool. I like it, but I mean I like Captain Scarlet a bit more, but like Thunderbirds is good anyway. Um, so anyway. He has a picture of uh, a character called The Hood, um, who I guess some people believe has a resemblance to uh, Mick Lynch. Because they are both, you know, they're they're both bald kind of white guys. They have eyebrows. It is what it is. Apparently, it's a joke that Mick Lynch has with his friends. Like, one of them, I guess, probably told him that they look the same. And he thought for a joke, he would put that as his profile picture. And, well, Piers Morgan took that personally. (laughs) So, in the show, in Thunderbirds, uh, the hood is... uh, this is described from his Wikipedia, a fictional criminal and terrorist and the recurring villain of the 1960s puppet television series Thunderbirds. Um just just as a reminder, he's not real. He is not a real person. It's it's a pretend TV show. Um it's not real. So in the show, he likes to fuck things up for international rescue. So they're like the good guys from from Thunderbirds. And he's just fucking with their lives, running the criminal underworld, being a bad guy. Um but of course he's he's always he's always, you know, foiled by the good guys, because that's just how television works. Um and the character, that the puppet, in some people's minds, bears a little bit of resemblance to Mick Lynch. So he put it as his fucking profile picture. As a joke. As a joke. Because you know what? Trade union leaders are allowed to have jokes. Okay? They're allowed to just have a laugh. But not, not in Piers Morgan's world. Okay? Piers Morgan says, absolutely not. No fucking jokes for these bitches. So he's interviewing Mick Lynch, and he spends several minutes asking him about this profile picture nonsense. And Mick Lynch is just—he's literally, you know, you can tell at the beginning he's trying to engage seriously. He's like, "Okay, I mean, this is a weird line of questioning, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll answer. Well, you know, let's talk about this." But after a while, he starts thinking, "I'm sorry, is this unhinged bitch still going on about a, a, a fucking Thunderbirds picture, really?" People are dying. There are wars. Like, really? This is what you want to talk about? Thunderbirds? And you can you can tell, like, the look on Mick Lynch's face. He's like, okay, so I'm trapped in an interview with a crazy person? What the fuck? Like it It makes no sense, I mean he's still like I said, you know, with other interviews where people have tried to fuck with him he he still stayed polite, he was still nice, you know <laughs> and and uh, again, probably nicer than was deserved um but you know we're facing a cost of living crisis, everything's gone to shit, and Piers Morgan wants to talk about fucking Thunderbirds. Uh, so, <laughs> what else happened with the strikes? Well, um, so the, the Liberal Democrats had a little moment of well, I don't really know what you'd call this. Uh, but the official Liberal Democrats account tweeted frankly, the government and RMT are just as bad as each other. I don't think they are, but okay. The country is sick of them both playing politics with people's lives. Um, Now, this tweet was swiftly deleted. But hey, I guess that's what fucking happens when you try and sit on the fence. Eventually, you're going to get fucking splinters in your ass. I mean, look... And you know what? It's actually stupid to try and say that, like, the union is just as bad as the government because the union have actually tried to end this multiple times. They have been very open to negotiating. Um, They've tried negotiating with the rail companies themselves. However, the rail companies, as we've discovered over time, have not really had much leeway in terms of negotiating because the government won't let them. So... There's only so much that can happen with negotiations between the rail companies. Um, Although what I will say, what I will say is that outside of England, there have been um, a number of uh, positive developments. For example, in Wales, uh, negotiations were able to take place and new deals were met. Um, But unfortunately, because of how network rail operates and because it still has, uh, you know a place in wales there were still some you know delays and and cancellations and things in wales but new deals were met for staff in wales so it is possible if a government wants to get their shit together and do it um it's just that the uk government doesn't that's that's what it is speaking of wales speaking of wales uh mark drakeford uh claimed uh while speaking during first minister's questions, he claimed that there were staff uh, in Wales who were moved from Wales to England uh, to work during the strikes um, so that services or limited services could continue running in England. And that, that was the reason why there was some services that should have been running during the strikes but weren't in Wales. Uh, Network Rail has denied this. But I mean. Network Rail hasn't looked great. Across this whole thing. So I'm going to believe Mark Drakeford. Why would he have to lie? What reason would he have? Like what would he gain from that? Especially as. If he's actually lying. I'm sure that. That could be proven. But nobody seems to be coming forward. With any proof that he lied. So. Um, yeah, I believe him. I believe him. Um, throughout the week, there was hopes that further strikes could be avoided because, obviously, the strikes were staggered. They weren't all happening on the same days or the same sort of cycle of days. There was a day in between all of them. Um, but, unfortunately, uh, talks repeatedly broke down. Um, there were talks to try and avoid the second day of strikes on the thursday um to try and make sure oh wait no it was to try and delay the third day of strikes i think yeah cuz it's a anyway uh so on thursday uh, there were some talks between the union and network rail um and Mick Lynch said that Grant Shapps has wrecked these negotiations by not allowing Network Rail to withdraw their letter, threatening redundancy for 2,900 of our members. So, again, this is not just about money. It's, It's definitely not about train drivers. It's about working conditions. And also, it's about the government refusing to actually be reasonable. Network Rail, right from what we've got here, they clearly wanted to withdraw the letter threatening the redundancy because otherwise they wouldn't have said they wanted to. But the Department for Transport refused to allow it. So, mm, interesting. But all week long, the government were like, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. Um, And then they decided to do the worst thing. Uh, They introduced new legislation which would allow sectors affected by strike action to use temporary agency workers to basically avoid strikes. So if the permanent staff are on strike, it's not going to matter because they can bring in agency workers. Uh, There are huge issues with this. Firstly, because it, it, it takes away the power of strikes, which means that workers are... Entirely at the mercy of who they work for, which is obviously wrong. Um, Secondly, agency workers, you know, they have a place, of course. But, you know, there are certain industries that, frankly, are reliant on how experienced some of their staff are. And if you're just replacing them with agency staff, that's, I mean, that's a bit of a risk, isn't it? It's a bit risky. Um, But the government's like, fuck it, who cares? Um, Grant Shapps logged on to Twitter.com and he had this to say. The transport secretary decided to open his mouth on Twitter.com. He said, despite the efforts of militant union leaders, they cannot bring our country to a standstill. That's why we're changing the law today, meaning any future strikes will cause less disruption and allow adaptable, flexible, fully skilled staff to continue working throughout um fuck off Grant Shapps. Uh <laughs> just go fuck yourself, like this is the thing you know, they can do that but when you ask them, you know, have you have you maybe considered working with the unions and allowing proper negotiations and they're like, oh we'll be we can't. We we can't. It's no no no. However, um, now I'm not gonna pretend I'm a lawyer here, cause I you know I'm not, and I know I'm not, and lawyers know I'm not. And <laughs> um, however, there was independent uh, legal advice uh, and opinion that was released this weekend from somebody called Michael Ford. QC. Cool. Uh, And he's disputing what the government is saying, actually. He says that the Transport Secretary has incredibly extensive powers over what can be agreed between rail operators and unions. Well, 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 Grant Shapps. It turns out you could have fucking stopped this all along. You just didn't want to because... You don't care if our lives are disrupted. You don't care if transport workers are having to live in terrible circumstances because they're not being paid enough. You, you don't care. None of us are your priority. You just wanted this to go away because it was annoying to be asked about it. Um fuck you, Grant Chaps. Um but it it looks like it looks like teachers could also be taking some inspiration from railway workers it's It's maybe not just the railway workers we could be looking at a summer of discontent on the horizon, according to all sources um the streets are the place to go to strike and protest uh <laughs> it's not raining men, it's raining demands for worker rights um which is good because i I mean I don't know what I would do if like. A man starts falling from the sky. I'd be like, no, 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 thanks. I no, I'm alright. I don't have an umbrella enough, like big enough for this. But like, no, thank you. Um, anyway, (laughs) so teachers are uh looking to go on strike as well, and the education secretary, um, has said it would be unforgivable and irresponsible, uh, in the wake of COVID for teachers to go. On strike. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like it was pretty... (laughs) It was pretty unforgivable and irresponsible for teachers to be essentially forced to buy school supplies and shit out of their own money because your government wouldn't invest in schools and wouldn't give schools proper money. I think that was pretty unforgivable and irresponsible. I think it's pretty unforgivable and irresponsible in general of the government to put Gavin Williamson in charge of schools for a long period of time. um. But you guys did it anyway. And of course now we've got Nadeem Zahawi who... I mean... <laughs> he also had a moment this week. He was... God, he was crying and screaming on Twitter.com about uh GCSE curriculum shake-ups. Um... So the the poetry of Wilfred Owen and Philip Larkin have been removed and they've been replaced by other writers. And he was, he was, he lost it. He was like, it's cultural vandalism. No, honey, it's a standard shakeup of curriculums. This shit happens all the time. If you're the education secretary, you should know this. It happens all the time, all the time. It's, It's not some kind of, you know, oh, it's cancel culture, oh, it's wokeness, oh, it's cultural vandalism. No, it's just changing things around. It happens all the fucking time. It's not that serious. It's not that deep. And frankly, you should be focusing on other things. Like, oh, I don't know. Making teachers happy so they don't strike. Intervening. Doing what Grant Shapps didn't want to do. And actually doing your fucking job. And making sure... That teachers have what they need to do their jobs and support kids. Make sure that they don't have to go on strike. Not by trying to guilt them into staying in work and not striking. But by actually working with teachers, working with the unions and making sure they have what they fucking need. That's your job, bitch. Not whinging about curriculum changes that frankly are just standard. It happens all the time. Your job is to make sure the teachers stay and work because they've got good salary packages in place, they've got a good work-life balance, and they're happy. Do your job, bitch. Do your fucking job. That's how you help kids. That's how you do it. Not whatever the fuck this is. (laughs) Um, NHS staff are also looking at the idea of striking as well. Um, and I'm sure we'll hear some nonsense from uh, Sajid Javid, the health secretary, about how again it's unforgivable and irresponsible. But nobody in the government wants to talk about why these why these industries are looking at striking. None of them. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to accept that. Pretty much, all of these industries that we're talking about—teaching, health, and social care. Uh, public transport, pretty much all of them are are running on the goodwill of the people that do those jobs. <laughs> you know, teachers have to do hours and hours of extra work that they don't get paid for every day, uh, including in the school holidays. Everyone thinks they get the holidays off. That's absolutely not true. Um, you know, NHS staff, just so much extra work. You know, it's just so much. and The same is, is true with, with public transport. Um, If the conditions are so bad that so many industries are threatening strikes at the same time, perhaps the problem is not the unions. Perhaps it's not the workers. Perhaps the problem is the government and the fact that they are refusing to listen to these industries. Maybe we should think about that. I know that we're not going to because the government is not looking for criticism right now. But I'm just saying that's all for this week but i'll catch you again next week for a brand new episode of what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business uh with all the tea all the gossip and all the things i find out over the next week um if you enjoy the show please consider rating and reviewing us and tell your friends and share um and i will catch you next week love you bye the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Uh, the, the stuff about me paddleboarding nonsense, the scene was actually closed, it was a, a red notice. When Comet the Frog, at the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. You remember that one? Russia should go away, should shut up. Um, try that, that's a dodgy view. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pink World, who's been to Pads, i has been to Pepper Pink? World. December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Like seriously, what the fuck?